Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start than right now. So let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. Welcome to the Hunting 101 Podcast. I am joined by a very special guest, Mr. Aaron Warbritton from The Hunting Public. Aaron, how are you, man? Doing good. How are you? Man, I am absolutely incredible. Well, I could be better if if it was if deer season wasn't over. I could be better. But for deer season having come to an end, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself, man? I'm doing all right. Just trying to make it through winter here. We've been hunting everything that we can here recently from uh, coyotes to raccoons and rabbits and squirrels and all that stuff to getting ready for turkey season. So Now, before we dive into the hunting public as a whole, Give me an introduction to yourself. I know you've been on the show before, uh, but but that was kind of a a group podcast. So maybe uh, maybe give me a little bit more detailed introduction to yourself, man. Uh, what all you do, how you got to be a part of the hunting public um, or, or start the hunting public, and uh, and just kind of tell me that story, man. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I grew up in rural Missouri, around Paris, Missouri, northeast part of the state very small town with about a thousand people in it. And, uh, that's pretty much all we did. Me, my family, my friends, uh, if I, if I didn't have to go to school or go to work, we were hunting something. And that's the way it was, you know, for most of my entire upbringing, since, you know, I could walk pretty much, we were out in the woods doing stuff all the time. So, as I got older, started, uh, watching hunting videos and monster bucks tapes and whatnot, and got, uh, you know, pretty excited about those every time that they would come out, you know, in the summer, we would always buy them at Walmart and watch them and think about how fun it would be to do that someday for a living, you know, film hunts and produce, produce videos like that. So anyway, long story short, I started filming my hunts with my cousin when I was uh, 11 or 12 years old. My dad uh, helped me buy some real cheap 40 or $50 editing program on, on our desktop computer at home. And I just started making home videos of, of our hunts, you know, as we were growing up and that, you know, one thing led to another. And I really never abandoned that dream, if you will, and always just kind of worked towards getting better at, at filming and editing and all of that stuff and trying to tell a story. And eventually that, that led me into an internship with Midwest Whitetail about, oh, almost 10 years ago now. I guess it will. It is about ten years ago now, and uh, then eventually starting the hunting public. It was a very long progression to get to this point, but that's what I tell most people: is like I've been, I've been doing this for the majority of my life at this point, just trying to get better every day and and learn something new. So, 
that's eventually yeah. where the where the hunting public came from. We're just a group of average dudes that that love to hunt and uh, want to share that with people and and get people fired up to go out and enjoy the woods themselves. Now, don't lie. You said you said when you didn't have to go to school or work, you would hunt. You skipped some school and some work to go hunting, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. I probably, <laughs> should, have been, probably should have been suspended or expelled a couple of different times <laughs> in high school, but we uh, Man, managed to make it work. I remember, uh, you know, I grew up in in Arkansas, um, not far from you, probably, and uh, and we would pull the duck boat um, to school with us, so it'd just be in the parking lot. And in our trucks would be shotguns and shells and calls and waders and everything. And I'm like, man, looking back now, I'm like, if that were to happen today, then these kids would be thrown in prison for having guns on school premises. But we would literally, um, so one of my buddy's moms was a teacher and we both got in with her on, I don't know how the school allowed this to happen, but we both became a teacher's aide in the same period with his mom. So we would straight up just be like, hey, we're out of here. And we would go duck hunting. So we would go get in the truck with the boat, the waders and everything, and go hunt for the rest of the school day. Um, and now looking back, I'm like, man, if that were to happen, this would make national news that some rednecks took some guns to school. But back then, nobody even batted an eye at it. Yeah, it was the same boat for us, too. We had racks in the back of our truck windows and everything. No big deal. We'd roll in with dead turkeys in the back of the truck and dress them in the school <laughs> parking lot. Did you see that video? Um, it went pretty viral there for a little while. Uh, they were in a Zoom meeting for class, and the and and you could see one of the little pictures over to the side of this kid uh, uh, defeathering de a turkey, and the teacher stops while he's, while he's talking. He's like, "Are you skinning a turkey?" And the kid's like, "Yeah, I am, man." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and he was just he was attending his Zoom class meeting while while working on a turkey. It was pretty stinking funny. That's cool. I wish, I wish school was like that for me, man, when I was a kid. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so you, you said that, that filming for a show and kind of having your own show and making a living out of this uh, was a lifelong dream. Has it ever got to the point um, where it was like, all right, I didn't know it was going to be this much. You know what I mean? I didn't want my, my passion and I didn't want my, my hobbies to turn into my job. Has there, has it ever come to that point? Uh, no, not really. I don't, I don't feel like I, I could definitely see where if I would have made some different choices in the past that that would have been the case, but no, uh, as of now, I mean, we pretty much all love what we do and it's a privilege to be able to wake up every day and do this. And like I said, the goal, the goal is constantly, um, the same all the time. It's just wake up every day and figure out what kind of value we can bring to, to the viewers and the people that watch our videos and then try to think of the next cool idea that we can do in a, that we can produce in a video, which is what's, you know, obviously the funnest part of what we get to do. And that's what I'm lucky to be able to focus on most of the time. Now the hunting public has really taken the outdoor industry by storm. Um, you guys won an award not too long ago. What was that award at the ATA? Uh, we won one of the impact awards at last ATA show, which, you know, sometimes you, you see those and when you see the award given, you think, okay, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, but when I saw that award given to the hunting public, I just thought to myself, perfect fit. 
Um, they deserved it. Well earned. And, and, and I hadn't even met you yet. I hadn't even talked to you yet. And, uh, but after watching you guys online, it was just in my mind, it just clicked as being the perfect fit. Um, what did that mean to you guys to win that? Oh, it was pretty sweet. Um, it's, that's like I mentioned a minute ago, that kind of go falls in line with what our main goal is. And we're just trying to, that's, that's ultimately what it is, is to have a positive impact on hunting hunters and hunting culture moving forward. And that's what that award signified. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty sure bear just, uh, won one or was nominated for one here recently as well. They did. And again, I saw that and, and it was one of those where I just thought perfect fit. Um, you know, because, and we can see it take place and, and, and this will kind of lead me into my next question. We could almost see it take place because Fred Bear obviously made the biggest impact in archery than any single person or company in history. And this year, Bear Archery has switched their mentality, switched their even their marketing slogan to the Fred Bear way um, and trying to do everything the way Fred Bear would have done it, uh, which was impactful. And, and so this year at the ATA, they won that award. And it's just, you know, I sit back and I think not only is it a perfect fit, but this year is the perfect fit. So with a company um, that that prides themselves in carrying themselves the way Fred Bear did, what does it mean for the hunting public to be a part of the Fred Bear way? Uh, it's awesome for us. Um, we uh, we've shot all sorts of different bows through the years, and eventually we started shooting the bear stuff and had good luck with it. But what we what we love about bear the most is that. Uh, the average hunter, that's their, you know, that's like their core brand um, is bear archery. And I mean, I can talk to all my mentors that grew up hunting in the, you know, 70s and 80s and 90s, and almost every single one of them owned a bear whitetail too. And when we start talking about the brand, it just has such a, you know, such a unique history to it through the years of producing good quality equipment for the average bow hunter. And that's exactly who is our audience. As you know, I mean, right. we, we've got, we've got uh, a very large demographic of folks out there that are new to hunting or they're, you know, the weekend warriors, they're just your, they're their average deer hunter, just like we are. And the bear equipment fits them perfectly. And I don't know, you know, I hope you don't take this in, in any kind of wrong way, but seeing a company like Bear Archery and then seeing the way the hunting public carries themselves, both being very, very impactful, again, going back to that award, both being very impactful, but also, like you said, both trying to maintain that, like, uh, we are your everyday bow hunters. It almost seems as though Bear Archery is the the perfect fit for the hunting public in a way that that's the only company that would work. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. You guys just mesh so well together. And, you know, I I've heard that from, from the guys over at bear of, well, really, if it's not bear archery for the hunting public, who else would it be? Because you guys just, you have the same mission, the same goal, the same, uh, the same mindset, the same, and I, it's just the perfect fit. So I really couldn't think of anybody else to be a better fit for Bear Archer, and I couldn't think of anybody else to be a better fit for the hunting public. So 
I am incredibly excited to have you guys on board with bear archery. I'm incredibly excited uh, that you guys live and breathe bear archery in the Fred bear way. How many years is this with you guys for bear? Uh, we've been with bear for two years. Honestly, at the hunting public, we've never, we, the bears, the only uh, bow company that we've worked with since we started in 17. And it's going to be the only, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so, so. so walk with me through how the hunting public was birthed, like from an idea to now this most impactful of 20, that have been 2019, right? You guys won it when we started, but you won the most impacted award yeah. for oh, the yeah, 2019 yeah. year. Yeah, so from an idea being birthed to now being the most impactful in 2019, what does that mean for you guys? How was that birth? How did that come about, man? I mean, cause again, in two years, you guys took the, the, the hunting media and the hunting YouTube consumption by storm. Uh, well, we, we worked in semi live online videos with Midwest whitetail for several years where we sort of learned to edit and produce videos very quickly. And Whenever uh, I left, I was just going to go back to working on appliances full time because that's what I did in college and then dabble in the, in filming hunts part time. But um, me, Greg and Zach got together one night around the dinner table and we got to discussing YouTube and video content and kind of where, you know, the types of videos that we wanted to make. And at that time, we started outlining, the, you know, our mission for this sort of a business, I suppose, or this sort of a brand at the time, I mean, there was no business to it. I mean, it was just going to be, you know, we spend our money to make, to make videos. And if we make some money off of it at some point, great. If not, no big deal. We're doing what we love. So, um, that's sort of where it started just around the dinner table, discussing ideas. And we, we realized after being in the industry for a while at that point, it's like, we don't, we didn't feel like we, and our group was well represented amongst, you know, outdoor media and hunting media. I mean, we all love watching hunting shows, but I really wanted to see somebody go out on public land or small property on permission and with their buddies and just focus more about, you know, how much fun you can have in the woods and how much and, you know, the love for hunting over everything else. And that was sort of where the whole idea came from. It was like, we need to, we need to create videos for the, for the general public to, that hunts. And then I, we were like, well, let's just call it the hunting public then. <laughs> and that's where it came from. And that's what I love because when I watch what you guys do, you can tell that you didn't just find something where you think, oh, we can get rich. You didn't just find something where you thought, oh, this is our in in the hunting industry you you oh, found I, know, man. I, had, I had all of what little money i had saved up at that time i put into this deal i was flat broke for eight months <laughs> but that's what i appreciate about it is you found something that you were passionate about in the hunting industry and that's what you made your 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 mission and your goal and that's why i think it's so successful because you can tell this wasn't just a way to be in the industry, but it's something they are actually passionate about. It's something they actually care about. It's something they actually, you know, they put blood, sweat, and tears into it, not for the hopes of getting rich, but for the hopes of inspiring and teaching. Now, before I move on, 
I do need to give a quick thank you to our friends over at the Pope and Young Club. Um, the Pope and Young Club, and you guys know I'm a huge fan um, of the Pope and Young Club. You guys also know um, that I am I am employed by the Pope and Young Club. That's what I do for a living. Um, but the Pope and Young Club is the voice for bow hunters. So if you call yourself a bow hunter, I don't know how you could not want to support the Pope and Young Club. They are constantly fighting for our rights as bow hunters. They are constantly... Uh, going to war per se for our rights as bow hunters. And so they, they exist to protect, preserve and, and promote the passion for bow hunting. So make sure and go check out the Pope and young club. They're also a part of the giveaway we're currently doing. Uh, we're going to send you on a completely free bear hunt in Idaho this spring with Shane Maurer, the bone maniac. We're going to give you a brand new 2021 redemption. Pope and Young's going to pay your tags, and our friends over at American Hunt are going to cover $250 worth of your expenses. So head over to Bear Archery social media, find that giveaway, and get entered to win. And so a big thank you to our friends at Pope and Young for helping make that giveaway possible, and our friends over at American Hunt for making that giveaway possible. Now, do you guys have, do you have like that one success story where somebody started watching the hunting public, and then all of a sudden, you know, they become this hunter and they, they, and, and again, maybe it's one story that sticks out in your mind, but like, I'm thinking, you know, they, they become a hunter and, and, and now they're traveling the world hunting. You know, I just think of something like extreme like that. Do you have one of those stories that stick out in your mind? Oh yeah. There's a, there's a bunch of people that find us online that are brand new to hunting that, you know, send us messages and emails like that. Uh, I would say several a day throughout the whole year at this point, which is, which is awesome. You know, they, they either found us on YouTube and then got excited about going and buying a bow and trying hunting themselves, or they'd been out of hunting for a while and they watched us and saw how much fun we were having and decided, you know what, I'm going to call my buddies up and uh, we're going to buy some deer tags this year and head to the woods. We hear stuff like that all the time. And that's awesome. That, you know, that's what makes us most proud. I would say, and that's because that was that was and is our mission moving forward. Now, t- tell me about your 2020 season. Did a lot of that change uh, because of COVID? Did you have to put a lot of hunts on the back burner? Um, you know, what was what was your personal biggest uh, hunt of 2020? Uh, what was what was the hunting public's biggest hunt for 2020? I know you guys do a big group hunt every year. Is that in Pennsylvania? Yeah, the public land challenge that we had this last fall was in PA, um, and it was a great hunt. Um, we didn't have to change too much because of COVID this this fall, other than, you know, just take some safety precautions while we were traveling and whatnot. Uh, we don't, since COVID hit, we we tend to buy more of our groceries and pack our food ahead of time so that we don't have to you know, travel into town much when we're on these trips. Honestly, we usually just load the truck up and go somewhere for a couple of weeks and just live out of the truck. We've got water filters in there. If we camp next to a creek, we've got, you know, plenty of that and then plenty of food, all the gear that we need to stay out there. So it really didn't impact us too much. Um, but we had we had several awesome hunts throughout the fall. I mean, we went to Tennessee and had a great hunt in a sort of public land urban setting where the deer population is way too high. They need to thin the herd there. 
we had an awesome sort of management hunt down there where we where we shot several deer with our bows and then donated them to needy families in the Nashville area. So that was really cool. And uh, yeah, we just we hunted all over the place. We went to we went to Georgia, we went to Pennsylvania, North Dakota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Missouri. I'm probably forgetting Ohio. Probably forgetting somewhere in there too. Uh, Oklahoma as well. What kind of response do you guys get um, from the community, from people, uh, when you give of your of your meat like that? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. They really appreciated it. Every day we rolled in, they were happy to see us bringing more deer. And it was like, <laughs> well, let's try to get a couple more tomorrow. And they're like, heck yeah, bring them, bring them on through. So we donated a pile of them down there. That's awesome. And Real that's... Cool. It just goes to show you, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of non-hunters have this misconstrued idea about the hunting, the hunting public, (laughs) about us as hunters, um, that we're some kind of savage animals and we find joy in murder. And, and, you know, I had this guy not too long ago message, um, message the pay my my instagram page and basically running me up and down saying how could you harvest these animals how could you blah 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 call me all all this that and the other and i said well slow down so let me first tell you about myself so my name is dylan ray i'm the father of three beautiful children i have a a, a wonderful wife i function in society just like you do i i'm actually a, a pastor on staff at a church here in kansas um you know and I just told him I, I, I and it, it was almost as though he backed off the ledge and was like, oh, you're a person just like me. You're not some murdering, cruel person who finds joy in blood and, and, and all this stuff. But when they see us providing meat for the community, when they see us giving meat and, and saying, you know what, I have enough for the year, but maybe you don't, it almost just backs them off that ledge even quicker and saying, wait a minute, you harvest these animals for food. You harvest these animals now, not only to provide for your family, but to provide for our community's families. And it's a beautiful thing to not only help feed the, the, the hungry, but it's a beautiful thing to help the non-hunting community see what we as hunters are all about. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's extremely important. Have you had you know that once they once they realize that we're kind of all in this together then uh yeah they they become in favor of it sometimes you can even flip those people and start getting them in the woods that's been a big thing QDMA's been working on here in the last couple of years is their field to fork stuff and they've had great luck with that where they're basically going and preparing venison for folks and just yeah. talking to them about you know how great you know, deer hunting is and how they can use the resource themselves. So it's very cool to see that happening today. Yeah, you're absolutely right with the with the field to fork thing. I uh, I recently had a conversation with Nick Penizzato, who is the president and CEO of the National Deer Association, um, which now is one collaboration with QDMA. I'm not sure what you would call that one company, one organization, but um, so he's the president and CEO of, of NDA. And I, I talked with him about Phil the fork and, and it was almost as though um, it's going better than, than, 
they ever could have imagined. And, right. and here's why I think it's going better. Because so many people say, well, let's create new hunters and let's go after kids. But when you go after the parents, the kids are inevitably created into hunters as well. So they've went after these parents and thinking, hey, what would happen if you could feed your family this quality of meat all the time? If you could give them protein where you know where it's coming from, if you could give them this pure, untainted meat, and then they become hunters, then the children will become hunters. And so it was an awesome conversation with Nick and uh, just seeing the way that, that this Field the Fork program has has flourished and grown into something fantastic. Uh, do you guys, do you have one of those success stories where like, Somebody in the community saw you giving that meat and, you know, was humbled to the fact of this is why they hunt and, you know, started and, and became a hunter. Oh, yeah. We see we see comments and stories like that all the time, especially resonating from those specific videos. It's like, wow, I didn't realize that that hunters did this. And then in that video, we didn't just talk about, you know, us donating to that specific area. We we discussed lots of other states as well. Like most, most states have some sort of a donation program that's actually funded by hunters, yeah. you know, through license sales and whatnot like that. And that's, I think the more people that are made aware of that broad spectrum, the better off we'll be in the long term. Before we move on, um, let me give one more quick thank you to our friends over at Nexus Outdoors. They are the powerhouse of Scentlock, Scent Blocker, Oz by Scentlock, Tree Spider, and they make some of the finest hunting gear known to man. Now, what I love about Nexus is being an umbrella company with different brands, their brands cover you in different situations. So I know that with Nexus, in their scent lock lineup, I'm covered in any kind of deer hunting situation, tree stand, ground blind that I can find myself. And then if I head out west, I know I can switch over to the blocker lineup and, and be just as covered or for turkey hunting and be just as covered. So they've got products that cover you in all situations. And their Oz lineup, their their ozone destroying products are absolutely fantastic. I use their infuse religiously, which is a, a ozone infused water bottle sprayer. Um, so I just run a cycle and it infuses regular tap water with ozone. I can spray down with it and I know I'm scent free and ready to go hunting. So go check out all of Nexus's, uh, brands, Scentlock, Scentblocker, and Oz by Scentlock. Now, Aaron, tell me about your 2021 setup for this year from, from Bear Archery and Trophy Ridge. I'm actually getting ready to go to the bow shop in a few hours and, and, uh, probably get everything paper tuned and ready to rock and roll because I'm trying to shoot some pigs here in the next month or two with it. But I've got the bear whitetail legend. Um, I shot the bear paradox this past fall, the single cam paradox. And uh, we've had such great luck with the bear species single cam um, that I decided that I wanted to try that legend out this year. Those, those single cams, the, the paradox, the legend and this uh, species that Ted has, they just, they tune so easily. It's like, man, when we, when we take it up to the shop and I throw my hot wire sight on there from my paradox, it's probably going to be super easy to get in and out of there within, you know, 15, 20 minutes. That's been our experience with, with those bear bows. So that's what I'm really looking forward to this year is, 
the 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 whitetail legend is I think it's it's an inch shorter than the paradox. So I'm looking forward to trying a little bit shorter axle to axle bow for just maneuverability reasons and whatnot. But yeah, it's all. And, and it goes back to what you said earlier about you know if you talk to your mentors and and guys that have been around forever, you know they shot the whitetail legend um, too. And, uh, and it's just an iconic name in hunting. Uh, a lot of guys, you know, got their start with a whitetail legend too. A lot of guys had one along the way a lot. I mean, that, that bow changed bow hunting forever, I believe. So that name, the whitetail legend, it just means so much. And, and not only is it, is it a fantastic performing bow, but it means so much just holding that in your hand and, and, and it being, you know, the namesake of the whitetail legend, um, walk me through your setup for that. You're running the hot wire. Um, what else do you have on that bow? Um, I got the Hitman stabilizer kit and I kind of go back and forth with it. Um, depending on the scenario that I'm hunting in, I like that stabilizer because you can put that, that additional weight on, on the offsetting side of your quiver. So if we're hunting open terrain or like, for example, I was, I was elk hunting a bunch last September with my paradox and I had that hitman kit on there. And if I was, you know, if I was hunting throughout the day and I had my quiver attached that that stabilizer sort of helped balance the bow a little bit. Um, and then, you know, if I'm hunting out of a tree or something like that, or a set location where I can remove my quiver and just set up then I can remove that offsetting stabilizer bar. And it really yeah. helps balance. I've used uh, I've used the Sync MD Rest and the the Whisker Biscuit both in the last few years. Had good luck with each of them. I'll I'll probably stick with the Drop Away Sync MD on the Whitetail Legend, and uh, then I've got the uh, the Trophy Ridge Quiver with the Hex Light with the little green LEDs on it. I think that's uh-huh. so cool. One of that's something that is really, really handy in the dark is just being able to reach up on that quiver and click one of those little LED lights on to see where see where you're going or even, you know, being able to lower or or raise your bow up into the tree with you. Yeah, the hex light quiver is one of my favorite pieces of or one of one of my favorite accessories that's come out in forever. It's just a, it's a game changer, man. It it completely eliminates the need for you know having an extra flashlight having an extra headlamp having an extra it eliminates all of those things and then when you get into your tree stand man i've used that thing several times just setting up camera equipment you know i don't have to turn on a bright headlamp i can just turn on the flip the the button on my quiver and have a soft green light to set up my camera equipment and i don't have to spook everything in the woods by turning on a bright white headlamp you know um so that quiver is just it's a game changer. It really is because it eliminates the need for, for just extra gear. So, um, what do you guys have planned for the 2021 year? What's your big plans this year? Oh, we're going to start traveling for turkeys again in March and we'll probably hunt turkeys until the end of May, beginning of June. And then, uh, through next fall, we're not totally dead set on what our plans are. It all kind of depends on if we draw elk permits or not. So if we draw some elk tags, we'll probably be elk hunting in early September and uh, then taking off after deer from there. I'm not real sure where we're going to go, but I'd like to 
I personally, I'd like to get down and hunt public land in Texas at some point in the next year or two for deer. So that may be, that may be in the cards for next fall. We'll just have to wait and see what, uh, what this next few months brings. And then, uh, we usually make our plans for that during the summertime, but we'll definitely be hitting up some new States. We try to get down into the Southeast part of the country at least one time every fall. So Texas and one of those other Southeast States, um, might be in the cards as well. Uh, we haven't hunted Illinois before. That would be really fun to hunt over there and, uh, maybe bow hunt a place like Minnesota or, you know, the UP of Michigan. That would be really fun. Nice, man. Um, Texas is such a fantastic state to hunt. Um, it's just so, it's so game rich. It's so fun. Uh, you know, me and Alec, uh, we're in South Texas, um, I guess a few weeks back and it's just so game rich that, you know, we were hunting, we were hunting, um, we were hunting private ground, uh, but it was free range and, and the, the landowner was like, yeah, I mean, you might see some access bucks, uh, cruise by and you'll definitely see some whitetail bucks. And I mean, just, it, it's so cool to be able to hunt that man. And I, I, you know, I was talking with a guy from, from Australia, and I asked him, and he's hunted all over the world. I think he said 13 different countries. And I said, what's your favorite place to hunt? And he said, man, I, you know, I love hunting Texas, South Texas. And I'm like, really? You've hunted all over the world, and South Texas is, your, is one of your favorites. He said, yeah. I said, it's, A, it's the most like hunting at home. Uh, B, it's cheap. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, you're not wrong. And uh, he's like, but it's, it's, the most, it's the most versatile. You know, I, I, can, I can be in five different um, – terrains just hunting in south texas and i'm like yeah you're right and so texas is just such a special place to hunt um and it's just where are you chasing pigs at you said you want to chase pigs at where are you chasing pigs i'm not sure yet we may be going down there um to hunt in early march or late february down in texas but that's not set in stone just yet um but hopefully it is i mean and and if we don't get down there this spring i'm positive we'll be down there this summer hunting them so you know, at some point, yeah, they're just too much fun. Yeah, they are a blast, man. Hog hunting has become one of my favorite things to do. It's just such a, a blast, man. And and it's the reason I think it's so fun is because for that time, you don't have to worry about how big they are. You don't have to worry about how mature they are. You don't have to worry about. You put all that aside and you just shoot to have fun, and, and you just you're just having a blast. You know what I mean? It's not. Yeah, it's awesome. You, you take away the stress of like, oh, he's only a two and a half year old. Oh, it's, you know, he's broken off on the right side. Let him grow. You know, you take away all that and you just go out and you just hunt pigs and have a good time. And it's just fun. But also there's so many different ways to hunt them. You know, you can, you can hunt them with dogs. You can, you can spot and stalk. You can hunt them over, over corn. You can, I mean, there's so many different ways to hunt them. And it's just such a good time. Um, so you know that that Fred Bear was big on field notes. Um, share with me something you've learned over the years. Uh, just a quick little tip that I can take and put in my back pocket and uh, and make me a better sportsman with. Oh man, that's a it's be hard to pick just one. I I would say if you're get if you're getting into hunting or you're trying to improve your your hunting, especially with a bow, to focus on honing your woodsmanship skills and tactics number one 
beyond everything else. Try to learn learn how you know to identify a really fresh deer track versus a deer track that's a week old or how to distinguish a rub that was made two months ago versus one that was made, you know, just in the last few days. And really try to concentrate on how to get in and out of your areas without spooking deer. All of the all of that woodsmanship stuff, you know, playing the wind and understanding how deer use the wind and how they basically to use it to survive. So the the more you can you can hone those woodsmanship skills, the better off that you're going to be in getting deer at close range and catching them by surprise, getting good clean ethical opportunities with a bow. Awesome tip, man! Awesome tip, and that's why uh, I'm 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 currently in the middle of of making the switch to hunting with a recurve, and that's cool. part of the reason I want to become. You know, hunting with a compound, oftentimes you focus on being a good shot. Because if you can shoot at 80 yards, it changes the game. Um, but with a recurve, you really have to focus on, well, you have to be a good shot, but you have to focus on being a better hunter. Uh, you have to focus on, on like you said, understanding how to get close, understanding where they're coming from, where they're going, and, and catching them, uh, you know, within 15 yards, 20 yards. Um, so so I'm really kind of taking that step back and, and becoming effective with a, a, a recurve, but also learning how to be a better hunter and not just a better shot. Um, and so that, that, that's part of the reason why is, is I want to, I want to work on being a better hunter, not just a better shot with a, a, a compound. So before we go, man, um, share with us, share with us in, in as short of, uh, you know, as, as short of an answer as you want to give, but what does it mean to you? What does the Fred bear way mean to you? Oh man, that's, <laughs> I don't know if I can put that into a short answer or not. That's a that's a tough one. I mean, I love everything that he stood for. He he constantly, you know, talked about the North American model and about you know leave no trace, all those things, trying to basically highlight the love for hunting that he had. And that's what you see in all those old images of Fred when he's out there. I mean, the archery shop that I'm going to in a couple hours, um, the young man that owns it, his father was buddies with Fred. And they've got pictures of the two of them together, you know, shooting bows and going on hunts and that sort of thing together. Like, I think that's really, really cool that he was so iconic for um, so many bow hunters across the country, but he's you know, that's the main reason I believe why is because he's one of them, you know, he's just that. And that's, I know that's kind of a basic idea, but that's why he was so relatable and um, really brought that love of hunting to the forefront of all bow hunters. And just seeing those old pictures of him in there in that archery shop hanging up. I mean, you know how important he is to all of those people working across the country. So. And from the bottom of my heart, and I can say this um, with 100% certainty, I believe that the hunting public represents the Fred Bear way. I believe that you guys carry yourselves in a way that Fred would be proud of. Um, I believe that you guys represent the hunting community as a whole in a way that Fred would be proud of. And so keep doing what you're doing, man. And I am excited to have you guys on board with Bear Archery. I'm excited to see a company like the hunting public represent Bear Archery. And so... 
kudos to you guys, man. You guys do it and you do it well. Thanks, Dylan. Before we go, let me let me just say thank you to Wise Eye Technology. Uh, they make some of the finest um, cellular trail cameras money can buy. They here's what they do, Aaron. It's really cool. You have a program, and it only sends you pictures of the bucks you want to see. So I don't have to flip through thousands of pictures of coons and does and squirrels. It only sends me pictures of bucks, but it also has game recognition technology. So it puts those bucks into different folders based off their characteristics. So if I want to see pictures of the Big Ten, I can go to his folder and see all the times he showed up, all the places he's been on the property. So Wise Eye Technology literally changes the way that I have scouted my properties forever. So go check out Wise Eye Technology for all of your cellular cellular trail camera needs. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I wish you guys the very best of luck for this 2021 season. And, uh, you know, hopefully you get down to Texas and chase some hogs with that whitetail legend. Thanks, Dylan. Good luck to you as well. Have a good one, brother.